than the weather. My beloved son, I trust you and the children are in good health. I have found this day troubling matter in your father's hand. It may surprise you that, in spite of the close confidence between us, I was in ignorance of this while he lived, and wish heartily I had remained in that state. You will easily see the need for secrecy while your father lived, and he left me no instructions concerning its disposition. Since it closely touches you, and may be the occasion of more pain, I wish to leave to you the decision as to what should be done. I will convey the matter to you by a faithful hand. You must do as you see fit. Your loving mother. 1. The way it rained that summer, it would have broken your heart to see. It smashed its sheets to smithereens and flowed down the corrugated roofs of dismal railway stations. And I would sit waiting for trains, feet in puddles, my head starry with rain, thinking of you miles from me in Grecian sunlight where rain never falls. Jane Gresham stared at what she had written, then with an impatient stroke of her pen crossed it through so firmly the paper tore and split in the wake of the nib. Bloody Jake, she thought angrily. She was a grown-up, not some love-struck adolescent. Sub-poetic maundering was something she should have left behind years ago. She'd had insight enough to know she was never going to be a poet by the time she'd finished her first degree. Studying other people's poetry was what she was good at. "'interpreting their work, exploring thematic links in their verse "'and opening up their complexity to those who were, she hoped, "'an assorted number of steps behind her in the process. "'Bloody, bloody Jake,' she said out loud, "'crumpling the paper savagely and tossing it in the bin. "'He wasn't worth the expense of her intellectual energy, "'nor the familiar claw of pain that grabbed at her chest at the thought of him.' Eager to shunt aside thoughts of Jake, Jane turned to the stack of CDs beside the desk in the pokey room that the council classified as a bedroom, but which she called, with knowing pretentiousness, her study. She scanned the titles, deliberately starting at the bottom, looking for something that held no resonance of her... What was he? Her ex? Her erstwhile lover? Her lover in abeyance? Who knew? She certainly didn't and she doubted very much whether he gave her a second thought from one week to the next. Muttering at herself under her breath, she pulled out Nick Cave's murder ballads and slotted it into the CD drive of her computer. The dark growl of his voice matched her mood so perfectly it became a paradoxical antidote. In spite of herself, Jane found she was almost smiling. She picked up the book she'd been attempting to study before Jake Hartnell had intruded on her thoughts. But it took her only a few minutes to realize how far her focus had drifted. Irritated with herself again, she slammed it shut. Wordsworth's letters of 1807 would have to wait. Before she could decide what to attack next, the alarm on her mobile phone beeped. Jane frowned, checking the time on her phone against the watch on her wrist. Hell and damnation, she said. How could it be half past eleven already? Where had the morning gone? "'Bloody Jake,' she said again, jumping to her feet and switching off her computer. "'All that time wasted mooning over him when there were better things to be passionate about.' She grabbed her bag and went through to the other room. Officially this was the living room, but Jane used it as a bedsit, preferring to have a completely separate space to work in. 
It made the rest of her life even more cramped by comparison, but that felt like a small price to pay for the luxury of having somewhere she could lay out her books and papers without having to shift them every time she wanted to eat or sleep. The small room could barely accommodate even her Spartan existence. Her sofa bed, although folded away now, dominated the space. A table sat against the opposite wall, three wooden chairs tucked under it. A small TV set was mounted on a bracket high on the wall, and a beanbag slouched in the furthest corner. But the room was fresh, its soft green paintwork clean and light. On the wall opposite the sofa hung a series of digital colour photographs of the Lake District, blown up to A3 size and laminated. At the heart of the landscape, Gresham's Farm, where her family had eked out a meagre living as far back as anyone could trace. No matter what was outside her windows, Jane could wake up in the morning to the world she'd grown up in, the world she still missed every city day. She stripped off her sweatpants and...